Consider this. 100% of owners will leave their business one day, but few are prepared. Are you? Don't worry, you're on the right path with this podcast, Succession Stories. Host Lori Barkman, the Business Transition Sherpa, guides you from transition to transaction, from building value in your business to letting go. Lori is a business transition and M&A advisor, specializing in growth, acquisitions, and selling owner-led companies. She's also the author of The Business Transition Handbook, Get your copy and learn how to avoid succession pitfalls and create valuable exit options. Sign up for our business transition newsletter at successionstories.com. Show us the love by subscribing to the show and posting a review. We appreciate you. Now, here's this week's Succession Stories with Lori Barkman. Is this the year to sell your company? Don't leave your exit to chance. Stony Hill Advisors works with entrepreneurs like you to get ready for what may be the biggest transaction of your life. Learn what your business is worth by visiting stonyhilladvisors.com slash podcast. In this solo cast, I'm going to cover a critical owner succession pitfall that I want you to avoid. I wrote about it in my new book, The Business Transition Handbook. And that pitfall is you don't know what you will do after you leave the business. This is a common pitfall, common question business owners have when thinking about their future. In my conversations with hundreds of business owners, I can tell it is the most overlooked aspect of planning. It's just too easy to put off thinking about what your goals are and how you might achieve them. Maybe it makes you feel selfish or uncomfortable. According to the Exit Planning Institute, less than 10% of business owners have a formal written after business plan. Half of owners have no plans in place to cover illness, death, or a forced exit. Even the most affluent and successful founders struggle with one common problem, the regret of how they handled leaving their company. And in these surveys, EPI found that many business owners struggle with this for a variety of reasons, and that many, 75%, which is a pretty big number, 75% of respondents who exit have profound regrets within 12 months of exiting their business. What can we do about that? As an entrepreneur, you've spent a lot of hours identifying opportunities to solve problems. You've dedicated your life to building and running a profitable enterprise, thinking about this future exit. And eventually, when it's your time to leave, you may have expectations of what you want to do, a life of leisure or luxury, only to find that you regret that decision. Most owners feel that they get pushed out of their business when they leave. The happiest exits occur when an owner feels that they are pulled to their next. Pull factors give you the reasons to be excited about your next chapter. Pull factors are the things you want to do in the future. Push factors are actual or perceived things that make you feel as if you're being pushed out of your business. If you sell the company, the new owner or the majority investor may not want you to stay on as CEO. You might leave the company entirely or become the chair of the board a role that's less operational day-to-day and more strategic. How would you handle this change? Would you feel that you were being pushed out or would you be excited to move on? What would you do if you sold your company 
and spent less time running it day to day. I want to talk about age stages versus life stages in this conversation. Many business owners and entrepreneurs face the challenge of wondering what they will do after they leave. And in the U.S., it's very common for owners to consider selling based on age, thinking about retirement between ages 62 to 67. And what is likely a big part of your identity, it's hard to turn off being a business owner, owning a business. Often, our personal identity is very intertwined, especially if our name is on the door. Jerry Kahn, who was on my show in episode 90, is a Vistage chair in New York, and he works with business owners to help them find success in their business and personal lives. And it's a great episode. He founded agebrilliantly.org to help people focus on opportunities for a fulfilling life. So you might want to check out that episode for more insights about how to create a positive mindset and thinking about life stages rather than age stages. And this topic also of owners who may not be ready to fully leave the business and how they share an authentic moment with me. In episode 94, one example is Sarah Dusick. She's the co-founder of Under Canvas. It's a glamping business in the United States. And she was very candid about what it was like to sell her company to a private equity firm and how she found herself on the other side of the desk. She transitioned from CEO to chairperson and she stayed on for a year to transition, but it was very emotionally difficult for her. So your ability to manage your freedom from a time and emotional standpoint is really critical. When you leave your business, you might feel a loss of identity and a loss of community because your business provided that to you. So having a plan before the sale can help you improve the chances of a successful transition. One more statistic, and you might be able to relate to this, the National Federation of Independent Businesses found that 71% of their members take fewer than 10 days of vacation per year, despite having the ability to set their own schedules. So are you taking the breaks that you need and can your business survive without you if you are away for 24 hours, 48 hours, a week? What would that take for you to truly unplug? So here's something that I want you to think about. I want you to think about what you might do to build up non-business related freedom, purpose, and relationships. So here's some examples. Maybe taking some time to rest, contemplate. Would you reinvigorate some relationships with friends and family? What values are more important to you and that match with your activities? Maybe they're uh, community-based or based in the communities you care about with your church, religious institution, charitable endeavors, exercise, travel. The list can go on and on, but really it's up to you. And in the period that's leading up to a sale or business transition, it's recommended that business owners dedicate one day a week to experimenting with new hobbies, spending time with family, connecting with old friends. I had a client whose name is, call him Don, it's not his real name. And when I first started working with him, I asked him a lot of questions about how he envisioned his future when he was no longer in the business. And he had a son who was working in the business and his name was on the door. And he thought about 
what he would do, but he really didn't have a future vision. It was difficult for him to think about leaving. It was a stressful environment. The business really needed him. It was not able to thrive without him. And he was thinking about cashing out, but it was difficult. We used a readiness assessment, a series of questions that he answered to baseline his score across four different drivers. And it's it's a great questionnaire, and I invite you to take it as well. What we get back is your score across four different key drivers. In particular, I'll focus on two here today. One is future vision, and the other is personal detachment. So the first one, the future vision, what do you plan to do after you leave your business? These questions really are around understanding why you want to exit. And is it because of your health? Is it because of negative things, negative relationships, like a breakup with a spouse or a breakup with a partner? Or are they more positive things, the things that you're excited about? You've built the business, it's scaled, you're ready to maximize the value of it and maybe build another business, or you are excited for more personal relationships, things with your family. Guests who have come on succession stories, more than 100 people, and what have they told me? Well, they've been excited to step back from the day-to-day. They've been excited to take some chips off the table by recapitalizing and bringing in an investor. Like I said before, they may want to launch or acquire a new company. They want to mentor the next generation of family. And many people just want to retire. You know, they want to truly retire from the business and step away. Others want to stay on as a consultant or an advisor. And others want to serve as a board member, staying involved and having an impact on the business. So there's certainly no shortage of of ideas of what you could do, things that you could be looking forward to. your most important customer, the person who buys your business. Stonyhill Advisors works with owners to maximize the value when you're ready to sell. Get started today with a business valuation by visiting stonyhilladvisors.com slash podcast. And then the second category that's really important for having an exit where you have no regrets is minimizing your personal attachments to the business. And what that means is building a fulfilling life outside of your company. So how personally attached are you? What have you done to build a fulfilling life outside of your business? How much of your identity and your self-worth is tied up in your role as the owner? It's very natural to feel proud of the business that you've built But being too personally invested in your company can lead to a difficult time letting go and transitioning out. So how can you start building up before that time so that it doesn't feel like a cold water bath over your head? My client, Don, initially when he took that survey, I mentioned the pre-score, the personal readiness to exit, he scored a zero out of 100. Yes, a zero. And That didn't feel great for him. You know, our conversation was not an easy one. He kept a positive attitude. He was motivated to make changes. And I encourage him and I'll encourage you to work through these exercises and really think about how you can shape your future vision and your personal detachment from the business. So if you go to my website, 
thebusinesstransitionhandbook.com. It's the book page. And if you put in your email and sign up for the mailing list, you're going to get a PDF of all the exercises that are in the book. These are the exercises in chapter four, which you may find valuable. I'm going to just mention them here. And again, I encourage you to, if you have the book, dive into chapter four and do these exercises. And if you don't have the book, you can get the PDF for free. And please take a look at the chapter four exercises. And there's a number of things that I'm encouraging you to do. One of them is to look at a list of factors that are pushing you to exit your business. And these are your personal readiness to exit factors. Taking a look at those and seeing where you are. Are you burning out? Are there family crises? Are you bored? Do you face a lot of stress? Is managing your business just taking too much time? And is it just time to retire? And maybe there's a, a market or economy factor here. Maybe the market has peaked for your business and you feel like your business is on the other side. And you want to diversify. You want to take some chips off the table to minimize risk. Many people say they want to just cash out. And perhaps you have other reasons too, and that's okay. And another exercise I want you to do is to write down what you're excited about. What are you excited about after you transition from your business? Now, if your list is really short, that's okay. <laughs> you got to start somewhere. But what are those things that are pulling you to transition? And I mentioned some of these earlier. They might be getting involved in th philanthropy, starting or acquiring a business, focusing on your health, getting in better shape, spending more time with family, spending time on a hobby, writing a book, traveling and serving on a corporate board, not your own company, but a different board, getting involved in education, spending time with professional communities, uh, being a consultant in your industry, being an expert speaker, and, and diversifying your income streams. Maybe you have more passive real estate investments you want to get involved with, or day trading, et cetera. So that wasn't too hard, was it? Hopefully you'll be thinking about this. Even if you're driving in your car, you're going to start thinking about these questions. Now, there's a couple of other exercises around personal detachment. Again, I encourage you to grab the copy of the book, go to chapter four, read chapters one through three before that, and dive into some of these questions. They are going to be getting you to think about who your relationships are outside of the business, how you define yourself, how many hours a week you're working, and how to interpret your scores. So if your scores are making it harder for you to detach, that's going to lead to some ideas for an action plan, what you might think about and how you might influence change. So where do we go from here? Well, there's a couple of things that I want to point out. If you see these technical terms that you, that you consider uh, what they mean for you and your potential role in the business after you leave. So let me put my mergers and acquisitions hat on and add some thoughts here from an M&A advisory perspective. When I start working with a client on a sell-side engagement, we talk through these lists of questions so that we align expectations on a path forward. And we talk about what their role should be, or what they'd like it to be after the sale of the business. So on this list are some questions related to owner transition expectations. For example, I ask, what role do you want to have with the business after you exit? 
And of course, there's no right answer to this question. It's about your preferences and your vision for achieving a successful exit. Many times when owners sell to a third party, they're usually asked to continue to play a role in the transition to the new owner. And the more flexible you are, the more flexible you are with these options is a good thing. So I want to go over a couple of transition roles, things that you might consider as you contemplate this transition to a new owner. So for example, one is you might want to exit your company completely. On the day you sell, you would like to be out. Another is that you want to continue to run your company and keep some of your equity in the business for a few years and enjoy a potentially larger exit down the road. And that's a recapitalization. Another is uh, that you're willing to be a consultant to the new owner and get paid a fixed hourly or daily rate for your time. Another is you're willing to continue to run your business for several years after you sell so that you might roll over and receive an additional payment if you achieve a set of future goals that are agreed upon with the acquirer. And a couple other options that you're willing to accept part of your sale proceeds over time in the form of a loan to the buyer. And another is you're willing to contemplate a non-compete, recognizing this might be a closing condition for the acquirer. Just a little footnote on that, that some states are taking a a hard look at non-compete agreements. So you'll want to understand that as well. You may also get a position, have an opportunity for a position to serve on the board of directors or board of advisors for the company. So the more that you have worked on your business and personal readiness for exit, the less reliant the business will be on you, which should lead to the ability for your valuation to be higher and you're to get uh, pretty good offers. Your offers might be lower if the opposite is true. So the encouragement is for you to be thinking about what you want to do after you leave the company and your company be able to thrive without you. So if your offer includes an employment agreement for a short period of time or or a consulting agreement, uh, that might be something you might be interested in doing. So knowing what's important to you for personal transition is really a key. And being able to express that in the sale process up front also helps the buyer understand what you're looking for. Many times, as I've seen, the buyers want to make the sellers happy when it comes to transition, and they'll Again, they're looking for flexibility. So be sure what your non-negotiables are, be able to articulate those and also articulate where you are flexible. So owners who are looking to leave the business entirely might prefer 100% cash at close and not wanna entertain a consulting agreement or a seller note, which is the financing. And I'll explain that more deeply in a moment. Other owners might feel like they don't want to move on from the business. They really want to stay and they're interested in full-time employment and open to talking about those things. Okay, so now I'm going to switch into some technical terms related to the points that I mentioned so that we put our terminology hat on and if you hear these terms that they're familiar to you. One of them is a seller note. A seller note is a type of debt financing that can serve as an alternative form of business capital. And a seller could agree to accept a portion of the purchase price in a series of deferred payments. And just like any other any other loan, you would agree on terms than the length of the note. 
and the repayment terms, particularly with small business transactions where there might be a situation if the buyer doesn't have enough cash to pay the entire purchase price, they might be getting a uh, SBA loan from the government. The seller might agree to pour a portion of the purchase price in a series of deferred payments. And it also could be a situation if there is a gap in the purchase price between seller and buyer, and we might use the, the seller note as a mechanism to help the buyer out if they're facing, particularly in, the, in this economic environment, when the interest rates are higher. And so seller note could be used as a mechanism to help get a deal done. The other thing I want to mention is an earnout. An earnout, what is an earnout? An earnout is a contractual provision that is written into purchase agreements saying that the seller will receive additional payments if the business achieves certain targets or financial goals. Typically, these goals are set on revenue or profits or something in between where the, where the seller has an impact on those metrics. If I'm providing guidance here for, for you, or if I'm providing guidance to a client, you want to get them as high up in that, that list as possible on, on the financials. Ideally, it's on something you can have an influence on and control, such as revenue, less so on profits, because you wouldn't be likely running the company at that point. So in terms of an earnout, it eliminates some uncertainty for the buyer, which is why they like it, because they're paying a portion of the sale price up front and the remainder based on future performance. The seller receives the benefit of future growth, and this difference can, can help close the gap if there is a disparity on what buyer and seller believe the, the value of the business is today. So it's one way to work through some of those differences is to structure and earn out. Now, on my show, you'll have heard different guests have differing opinions about earnouts, and there are certainly examples on both sides of the coin. You will hear people saying they definitely do not want an earnout because they don't want to have anything holding over their head. They want to have 100% cash at close, and you'll have others seeing the opportunity, having an ability to make an impact, and they don't see it as a negative. Okay, now. The other term that I use is a recapitalization. So just real quick, what is that? An equity recapitalization means you're taking on another investor. So it enables you to take some chips off the table. A private investor, like a private equity group or an individual, is going to take an ownership stake in your business. Now, you may retain a majority stake, so anything over 50%, or you might be okay taking on a minority stake. And through this structure, you're creating a strategic partnership with the investors. It can lead to a full acquisition down the road. It gives the buyer and seller a chance to work together and see if this is a fit. So there's strategic, there's a strategic reason to do it. But also other benefits, it, it can give you some flexibility in terms of your timing if you're not quite ready to leave yet. But again, you want to diversify your interests. And it gives you that continuity with the investors, positions you to stay involved with the company and maintain the culture that you worked so hard to build. So where do we go from here? Let's, let's think about what you can take away from this solo cast. What can you do with today's solo cast? 
The main message is that personal readiness is a really important aspect of business transition planning, and it's often overlooked. So that's why I'm spending a whole solo cast talking about it. And it's very common for business owners to regret selling the business and being emotionally unprepared for the transition. And it can lead to feelings of loss and regret. It also can lead to a feeling of a lack of purpose. So prioritizing activities outside of work, such as your hobbies, relationships, and charitable endeavors that you care about can help you prepare for a successful transition and help you prevent succession regrets. And I recommend that you dedicate time to these activities in the lead up to a sale or your transition. So how can you make this content actionable? What will you do? What steps will you take to increase your personal exit readiness? Think about what you would like your involvement to be after the sale or whether you're looking to step away completely. Understand your preferences for the terms such as an earnout, consulting agreement, a seller note, a recapitalization, or an employment agreement. And if you're interested in that personal readiness assessment that I mentioned earlier, I'm going to put the link in the show notes and you can get it also if you go directly to mytransitionscore.com. And of course, if you want even more resources, dive into my book, The Business Transition Handbook. This chapter that I'm talking about is chapter four. You can get your copy on Amazon and I'd be honored if you wrote a product review. Be sure to visit thebusinesstransitionhandbook.com to sign up for our newsletter and get the digital copy of all the exercises in this book. And thank you for following Succession Stories. Get all the newest episodes in your inbox and enjoy. So thanks so much. Cheers. And here's cheers to your future succession. My objective is for you to have a lucrative and successful succession. If you want to understand the value of your company today, that's a great place to start. The sooner you understand what creates value and what detracts from it, the more time you'll have to close the gap if there is one. Hundreds of business owners have taken my complimentary business assessment. As a first step, schedule a call with me by visiting meetlauriebarkman.com. That's meetlauriebarkman.com.